Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. This is the 16th of our Strategic Insights series of short podcasts where Caroline draws on her wide experience to share the insights she's found most valuable in life. And today, it's all about trust. Thanks again, Darren. How can you perform at your best if not trusted? We probably all have had that experience with a new boss or indeed a new team where we felt like we were on trial and our every move was being watched to see if we would live up to the reputation of our predecessor or would potentially fail to impress. And how did we feel at the time? Was it fun? Were we happy? And most importantly, how did we perform under those circumstances? Whilst there are people who simply rise to a challenge and are determined to prove others wrong in their doubt... Many of us find that we do not perform at our best when we feel undermined or that there is a fundamental lack of trust in our abilities. I remember once talking about this to the Save the Children's CFOs from all the different Save the Children's worldwide. I was urging them to take a leap of faith and trust each other so that we as a team who had great power to do good would perform at our best. I explained that I would rather trust and be proved wrong, and there would be repercussions of course than not trust to make people's lives hell while they tried, always on the back foot, to prove themselves to me. The next morning, at the beginning of the second day of meetings, one of the CFOs said, I'd like to push back on what you said yesterday. I think everyone needs to earn trust. They need to prove themselves first. The message to the room was clear from their tone. I'm not going to trust Caroline until she proves herself. That was an eventful couple of days in Bangladesh, and just recently a former colleague reminded me of them and of how a series almost of takeover bids as to who should run the meeting took place, all ending back at square one thanks to some sensible individuals. My part in it all? Well, this was a situation where I needed to resist going on the defensive and allow others to draw their own conclusions about what I had said and about the other CFO's view, and their need to make such a statement in the particular way they did. In terms of trust, I would say the trust-first approach really worked with the majority of the group, and it was a way for us to move forward more quickly. And where trust first may not work for someone, this will be a reflection of the individual's mindset. So stepping back and trying to think about things from their point of view may help, and forms the basis for further thought and discussion. Suffice to say, views are inevitably split on the subject, and it's interesting that we talk a lot in business about empowering our teams and getting the best out of them, whilst the philosophy of many starts with a refusal to take someone on trust, often after we've spent time and effort recruiting them, which is, of course, counterproductive. A bit different, maybe, if we haven't chosen the person and, for example, have inherited a team. But the same principle holds. There's an inability to perform at one's best when not trusted. Our brain spends too much time trying to work out how we can prove ourselves and second-guessing what the other party would like, as opposed to getting on and trying to do our job in the best possible way we know. So what do we do? when we want and need to be trusted and it's not happening fast enough? Well, there are a few key things to remember. People tend to trust people who are authentic. So as long as you're coming from a place you believe in, you're on the right track. People also trust those who listen and who don't speak too much. As I've mentioned before, if we talk too much and go into too much detail, this can make others who are not so much into the detail feel that we're trying too hard and that there must be something that we're trying to hide and hence they start to not trust us. But it's a balance, of course, as those who remain silent can also raise suspicion. Simple things like looking people in the eye can be very effective. A good handshake, 
not bone crunching as I have often experienced, nor damp and limp, can be helpful. And a certain air of confidence, particularly in a tricky situation, can make others feel we're to be relied on. As can reference to previous experience. But it's a very subtle thing. If we look back to the ladder of inference, we're reminded that people learn from experience and everyone's experience is different. And applying that to trust, we can find ourselves in a situation where someone clearly doesn't trust us, but we can't find a particular explanation. And it might be as simple as us reminding them of someone from the past who let them down. And they may themselves not even be able to articulate the reason for their distrust, as it's buried in the subconscious. So we can only do our best, and by considering what might be happening in their subconscious, we're alert to opportunities to demonstrate explicitly why we are to be trusted. In conclusion today, I'd just like to encourage you to be open to others and assume they are to be trusted as a start point, thus allowing them to be their best. If we automatically don't trust, what actual advantage does that bring us? So to trust someone is a decision we can actually make. And what's the worst that might happen? Thanks as ever, Caroline. A positive philosophy, which is probably why I like it so much. Next time, we're going to talk about our core values another really important topic. So hope to have you all back with us then. For now, though, goodbye and thank you for listening. 